Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline, a no-nonsense version. No-nonsense. Straight to the point. What's Straight the, to the episode? Point. It is called At the Bottom of the Lake. Tell them what you said. You had the funniest joke. <laughs> what was my joke? You said, like, we're moving up to progressively bigger bodies of water. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I say that? You did. It was funny. Oh, I'm funny sometimes. Good for me. Good for me. I'm glad I did that. I know. Uh, we were had we had a pool and we had a bathtub, and now we have a lake. There was not at the bottom of the tub. I mean, there was a there was a uns, unspeakable, unspeakable. That was our alternate title. I don't think it, it mm. wasn't the real title. We've had bottom of stairs, but soon it's going to be also, bottom of the ocean. But also, bottom of the tub is coming. Too. They're I'm good. sure. They'll go back to it. Oh, I'm sure. They haven't done it already. Yeah, bottom of the ocean is like next month, I'm sure. Next, it'll be bottom of the world. What's that mean? Australia? South Pole. South Pole? I would like maybe to see Maybe it means south- center of the earth? Like I would digging? Like- do, do the layers? So the maybe layers. like a mining, a mining thing? No, I mean not even mining, like the into the core of You're the center You're talking about like national earth. treasure? Is that what happens in national treasure? No. They dig to the center of the earth. I'm talking about those sci-fi movies that they cover on Mystery Science Theater where they like go to like the inner cores. You know, there's like layers mm. in the earth. I know. And I know. Like center. like. And the center is lava. Yeah. In my nightmare, it's lava. <laughs> it's hot. The earth is built on a ball of fire. Okay. We did well. So keep going. We're, we're still oh, yeah, in it. Oh yeah, we were right on track. We're still in it. So season 27, episode three, October 12th. 2018, hosted by Keith Morrison. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Keith Morrison. (laughs) Hosted by Keith Morrison. Okay, so this episode is set in Montana, partially, in the Rockies. Eh, kind of. It starts out there. We bounce around. Um, Bitterroot Lake, Mm -hmm. which is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Did you know I love lakes? I hate the ocean, but I love a lake. Which is funny because Oliver asked me last night, he said, we were watching something, something was on, and he goes, do you go swimming in lakes a lot? I was like, well, first of all, he said it, I think he said it in present tense, like somehow he would, like I would leave. Without him knowing? Yeah. For five days and then come back and all my clothes would be sort of swampy. I don't know what he's talking about. So I don't know when this would happen, but I think he meant when I was a kid and I do not swim in lakes. I have not. Oh. Do you like, so why do you like a lake? Well, I grew up on a lake-ish, like near a lake. Is this a man-made lake? Yeah. Is this like an, is this like a housing complex where it's called the lakes and there's a lake? Because that's where I grew up and that's where all the fancy people lived was at the lakes and there was a gate. And then a no. big old lake. It, it was similar to that. We did not live on the lake. We lived like up the street from the lake, but um, in a community of sorts. And was there a fence? Yeah, it was a gated community. There were was it called like village something or other something village? No, it was called something fancy, and the, the kids at school had nicknames for us. Diamond who Acres. Lived there was it called Diamond Acres? No. <laughs> Acres. Acres of diamonds. No, there's no diamonds in the title. Is there a, uh, a gemstone in the title? No. Sapphire um, Springs. Okay, sorry. I'm no. stuck. What was it called? <laughs> Should I say where no, I used I'm ready. to live? I'm ready. I'll keep it in. What is it? Canyon Crest. It's so that's that the thing. But Canyon Crest is like on Dallas, the TV show or something, right? You're thinking of Falcon Crest, that's, I think. You bet I am. But the kids at school called us Crusties. 
Was this yeah. like townies? Like kids no, from was, the other side of the tracks called you Cresties? I guess. Because we lived in this. Did you have names for them? Community. No, that's rude. Hmm. But anyways, so yeah, in this community, it was like gated community. We had tennis courts and like stuff like that. What and is I, this I childhood that lessons. you had? And but now we you lived can't up afford the street, cheese. We lived up the street from this lake. And I like, I took sailing lessons one summer on this lake. Sailing lessons? <laughs> yeah. So everyone, everyone with me now, all, all listeners, collectively roll your eyes with me <laughs> at the sailing lessons. Did you have a horseback? Were you an equestrian as well? With a Canyon Crest stables? <laughs> no. There are how no many, stables. But how many people in the complex owned horses Probably elsewhere? Probably a lot. Yeah, okay, there, were, there we go. Yeah. I, because I gotta there's talk to this your other community called Nellie Gale, and they have a lot of horses. So I'm sure oh. there are a lot of people who... Went to Nellie Gale for their horse needs. I, I will be asking your parents about this next time you are on. And then I will also ask them now why you have 15-year-old expired ibuprofen that you refuse <laughs> to buy, throw away because you don't want to buy a new one. It's expensive. Right. Because I'm you're poor. you're stealing plastic forks from work <laughs> in the fistfuls. I've fallen so far from my it's, upbringing. I don't know what you are. Now you're a crusty. <laughs> yeah, I'm just crusty. Oh, you're a Burbank crusty. <laughs> um, Join the club. Yeah, we'll talk about the paintings in another episode that we had. I think we brushed on the paintings already, didn't we? No, we cut. You cut it completely out because you thought it made me sound really rich, which I'm, well, I'm not. Gonna leave. I'm gonna leave all this in. So now yeah. all, your childhood is blown We're, up. Yeah. Everyone knows. Okay, there's a whole another segment about the paintings. It the paintings. You guys Kirk aren't Cameron. ready. You're, You're not so ready. not ready. Yeah. We're going to oh, put it goodness. up at a special episode. Yeah, I okay. saved it. So this episode is, yeah, on Bitterroot Lake, and it's very pretty. It's 1982, so we get some great hair. We meet this family, and we spend a lot of time on this family, like, looking at their home movies, and they're not at all the stars of the episode. So it's kind of like, Why? But I like but them. Did it's you okay. Think they were, I thought they were going to be the stars of the oh, episode. Totally. I didn't know until much later that they weren't coming back. <laughs> if they weren't, if they ease, because this is a two-hour episode, they like yeah. ease into this. And we're meeting this whole family, like talking about their idyllic childhood on this lake. And then yeah. you think these are the victims. No, they just happen to see the victim. Or I mean, see a guy one day. They saw a guy. That's oh, but, all. <laughs> but tell the best part. What's the best part about that family? The hair? No. Twins. Oh yeah, I didn't even notice they were twins. They're twins. Okay, do we have a do we have a bingo block for twins? No. Well, we should, and it should say twins. twins exclamation point. There haven't been that many twins though. But it's such surprisingly a good one. because I think there might be an ID show about evil twins that get, like kill. I'm really excited about. That. <gasps> there is a Dateline with twins. Oh yes. Let's do that. Write it down. Twins. It's it. called, and it had, there is a part in a bathtub. <gasps> yes. It's good. Okay. It's I'm really excited. good. I don't think but it's on my list of favorites, and it's a total favorite. I do feel like, though, people might be upset if their bingo card was like really, really close and the one thing lacking was twins, because there's no way you could, I mean. That's why I'm saying it's way too hard. No, we're not adding it. You we always want to add the really cards, hard ones, advanced cards. For just, the, the more talented Dayline viewers? No, like, no. They're just like, if you get one of those cards, you like frame it. 
I think people frame it anyways if they get it. And but there ever, have been so few that have gotten it. Also, their every, cards are too hard. Every There's part only like four of me, people. I don't think a lot of people play, but every no, part they of do. me. They oh, don't I just, I really want to say right now, but we'll send you something and I'm, I'm fighting oh God, it. I'm don't pushing do it, it back down into my chest that no, we will not send you anything if you get an advanced bingo. No, just make some promises. Ask Tammy. Ask Tammy. I want to ask Tammy. I want to ask Sanji. Sorry. Okay. So this 1982. So we see some really good hair. There's a girl named Kim and she has epic hair. Did you notice her hair? It was like David Cassidy. No, it's good. And and Joan Jett combined. And then the brothers, they're the twins, right? Yeah. Honestly, I did not even notice. I was so busy trying to figure out what they were saying. I had to put on subtitles. Why? They he kept going like this. No, like he and I was like, "What did you say?" Yeah, are you serious? And I was like, "What?" And it, I think he said he had bruises. Couldn't understand him. I have no. I idea loved why. Kim though. Okay, so Kim was good. Go figure. She tells a good story. She and her mom are driving up to their family cabin, 1982. They see a guy on their cabin deck, and the mom goes out and talks to the man. He did not look like a lake person, which apparently, well, I don't know what a lake person looks. I guess I'm a lake person, apparently. But see, the thing is, I I assumed when they said that, I'm thinking of Laughlin, lake lizards. Oh, yeah. Is that like Havasu? What, yeah, what we talked is about. Is it like in, Secrets in Silver Lakes? Secrets in Silver Lakes, where, like, where it's the red cups and the yes. coolers, and you pull the truck up. Yeah. See, that was not to the lake. Like, the lake that I grew up on. See, but that's but the lake that I know. I know. I know. Those I know yes, I know. I know of that lake, and I want to do that lake, like because that's the kind where you you have that. What's that thing? And we saw it in that one girl who died, and it was on her calendar. And it's where you hook all oh, your the floaties thing. together, yeah, what's that and you just drink and listen to music, and and you chill like, down the river. What we're getting for Stephanie for her birthday? Sound is so fun. Are we? Sounded so fun. It's not called luging. Luge, it's like an iguana, a lo- lagoon. Lo- we'll go back. People. We'll go back. Okay, and we're gonna look it back. Right. It was the girl who died, and she had just graduated from law school. Somebody help us going, out here. Yeah, she was going on this inner on that river thing with her friends. Thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he didn't look like a lake person. He was well kempt. He was wearing a white polo shirt. Like she kept saying, it was bright white. Like he used bleach on it. They said that multiple times. Very crisp. Like he had just bought it at the store. And the mom is asking him questions. And he was very vague. And Keith is very concerned. Keith is leaning forward. Keith Mm -hmm. does some of his best listening and Mm -hmm. facial expressions in this episode. He does. Yeah. So she's like leaning forward, listening to Kim tell this story. So they asked the guy, where did you come from? And he said, over there, over the mountains, in like a direction no one comes from. So they know that he's lying. And Kim's mom kind of gave him a talking to, and he wandered away. Kim's brothers down the road had encountered the same man earlier that day, but he wasn't well-kempt at all. He was soaking wet. And for some reason, I love this. Reminded me of like an Agatha Christie novel. You know when like someone dresses up, like puts on a fake mustache and a limp, and mm-hmm. like a wig, and so everyone in the manor looks outside and thinks it's one person, but it's actually another person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, it's the, exactly. I I have written down where is the real mystery is why why he was dry in a bright white polo 
right after he met with the brothers. I didn't and understand. Was wet. Right after he well, saw Well, it was a twins. couple hours difference. You're not going to dry. You're in the woods. You're not going to dry. Well, how hot is it outside? I need temperatures. I need a full breakdown of that day. It was day. summer, I believe. Wasn't it? It was summer. Yes, it how was. How are you like going to dry your shirt into a crisp white polo? You're not doing that. Where's that polo coming from? Did he borrow someone's polo? He had a bag. Everything in the bag is super dry? Yes, because... It was wrapped in plastic. Correct. And on Twitter, the producer said that knowing this guy, we haven't even introduced him yet, he was super anal and kept everything watertight in that plastic here's, wrap. But here's the issue that I'm having. So you're keeping everything watertight, meaning you're folding it tightly. Right. The so it, crisp- I don't... He maybe had a steamer with him, like a battery-operated <laughs> steamer. Why? No, this is the 80s. He doesn't have a battery-operated steamer. This is... This is, I don't understand. Maybe he built a fire and steamed his shirt over the fire. I think they're remembering wrong. I think it was crisp white, but I don't think it, I think it was not a crisp in manner. I think it had folds in it. What if he did that rolling technique? The rolling fold. So it doesn't crease like that. Maybe he'll listen to this episode and let us know. Isn't that the new thing in that Japanese art of um, like decluttering book that everyone's obsessed with? And you, you roll, your, roll clothes. your clothes. Yeah. And they don't get wrinkles? Correct. And you oh. roll them so you can see everything in like little rolls in your drawer. That's not going to help me. Okay. So the dudes say that he was wet and injured, bruises and scratches. <laughs> and he said <laughs> that a bear chased him through the... <laughs> For goodness sakes. I thought they were saying, like, he said he got attacked by a bear, and that's where his injuries came from. And then he said it, it was like a bear was chasing him. So maybe he got scratched running from a bear. From the branches. And, it was yeah. the woods themselves. <laughs> <laughs> no one is going to get that. Yeah, they are. Lots of people have seen that movie. Okay. I'm not going to explain it. Just yeah. keep going. <laughs> it's, it's the most inappropriate just seen it's, ever. It's it is. the worst scene. It's the grossest scene ever. Um, it was the woods themselves. Okay, so <laughs> he's okay. So he asked the boys, the twins, for matches because after you get chased by a bear, you need a good smoke, I guess. Um, and the brothers are so nice that, yeah. and this is such a small town, that sort of nice community that they go to buy him matches. At the store. Like, that's so nice. Who does that's that? All, that all rings real weird to me. Really you're buying weird. You're buying matches for the guy you found in the wood with all the scratches on him. <laughs> so he can, what, start a forest fire? Why are you buying I don't matches? Know. It's very strange. It Why do you give him a thing? lift into town? Like, right, that seems exactly. more useful at this point than matches. But, yeah. Okay. Give him 20 bucks and say, good luck. Do you need some antiseptic for your scratches? Right. There we go. But what does he do with the matches? Well, we haven't gotten there yet. But oh, sorry. So I guess we don't know that at this point. Is there something happened between them getting him the matches and they just go to get him the matches, right? Did yeah. Something? Oh. No, that's it. Well, my notes might be a little odd. Maybe I skipped a part. Oh, okay. But that's all I have. So they go get him the matches. At the same time, some other folks had thought that the lake appeared to be shiny, ah. extra shiny, not like water shiny, <laughs> like oily shine they we meet this guy pat walsh who works for the cops society police department whatever they're called society i like he's a sheriff or something i don't know hot cops 
We'll clean Pat up the Caps. town. Pat Walsh. Okay, Pat Walsh. He is stuck with his tight and bright mustache throughout the years. And can I say, there's a photo of the police department of this town. I And they zoom in. And there are eight male cops in the photo. Five have mustaches. Mm-hmm. It's so 80s. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Loved it. And there's one lady, and she should have had a mustache. Everybody but can I, be Tom Selleck. Yes, in the 80s. So they thought there was oil on the surface of the lake from a boat or from a smuggler's plane. I guess there had been reports of smugglers. They didn't really specify, I'm assuming, like drugs. What are people smuggling out of Canada? I would guess, I don't prescription drugs. I don't know. But that's healthcare. like not in the 80s. Um, so I know. I, no, I, I just assumed it was drugs or like weapons. But I would just assume like money laundering or drugs. That's what I would guess. Okay. But they they thought maybe a smuggler's plane had landed on the lake and then leaked the oil and then flown off. And then people around the lake start hearing about the two incidences with the stranger, which I thought was so funny that, that like, how did word spread? Did the brothers and Kim write it up in the lake newsletter? <laughs> like, nowadays you would tweet. You'd be like, Everybody, FYI, there's a dude wandering around, and sometimes he's really wet, and sometimes he's not. So retweet if you see him and his level of wetness. But like nowadays, but that's what you do nowadays. I don't know what how word spreads so fast. But then on Twitter, I think the Dateline producer said a couple neighbors had had things stolen from them, like from their porches or like weird things. So I think oh. it was that sort of thing. They were okay. like, "Hey, my." Wind chime got stolen. Have you seen anybody around? And then they would say, oh, funny enough, I saw a guy who was really wet, and my brother saw, or my sister saw a guy that was really dry. Maybe the same guy. <laughs> so Kim's brothers remembered that he was carrying a duffel bag wrapped in green plastic. Then we learned they, br- they brought him back the matches. Here we go. And he started a fire, and he burned papers, like maybe maps, and clothes. Mm-hmm. And why would he do that in view of the brothers? Why would you? That's the most suspicious thing you could possibly do. What clothes are he? What clothes is he burning? That's I think what I he want burned his wet clothes. But why? How did you burn wet clothes? No wet clothes. It'll burn. Maybe they will. I'm not sure. Never tried. Science, tell us. He, but that's where he got. But you meat. don't think he burned? Well, I can't say now. I no, I don't believe it. so because okay. I believe all he had was the stuff in the duffel bag and the clothes he was wearing. Gotcha. And maybe some other things we'll, we'll learn about. He wandered off, and then we find the moment where Kim and Keith become best friends. And it's really cute because Kim and her mom are watching the man walk away. And they yes. felt like they were spying. And so they go inside and Keith says, you are just so polite. And Kim whispers, well, not really, because we went inside and we watched him from the window. And Keith is so delighted. Delighted. De-freaking-lighted. Yeah. He's like giddy. And they're just, it's like best gal pals. It's so cute. It so then rumors start spreading around the town about a mysterious plane that landed and left or crashed, didn't leave, and that that man might have been the pilot. So these townspeople, like, put together oil. They put they have greasy water 
and they have a strange man, and they come up with this crazy story. It's kind of impressive, actually, that they came up with this. And rumor starts spreading around. There is this guy, Jim DuPont, another member of the police organization, fraternity, whatever, and a deputy who has spent, he spent his whole life on this case. He was assigned it in 1982 when the rumors started, and there's old footage of him talking to Keith. So I just don't understand why these rumors led to the police actually investigating. I can't tell if they're just a really bored police station, they had nothing else going on, or if they're a really good police department and, like, listen to the people. Because most departments, if the rumors were going, they'd be like, you guys are insane. We're not investigating. We're not spending thousands and thousands of dollars to go into a lake. So they, he goes to where the boys met that guy and Mm -hmm. they find the fire and the ashes of the fire. He finds several plane pieces from a small plane that were tried to be burned in that fire. Suspicious. Mm -hmm. So they spend all this money, which I'm still shocked about. And they send divers into the lake and this is the funny part, is they tell the media so that the media will come and film it, which if they had just waited a few years before Geraldo Rivera did that Al Capone's vault thing, they would have known better to not do that. Mm-hmm. Do you know about that? Yes, I do know all about that. So, but, and so they kind of have an Al Capone's vault moment happening because yeah. like day, days go by and they don't find anything and the, the media are like really bored and the the sheriff keeps saying, oh, it's, it's going to be today. Today's the day. I can feel it. Today's the day. Today's the day. I can feel it. Wah, wah, and then they don't find it. Um, but finally, they find it. They find this plane, which is a huge ordeal because technology wasn't that advanced then. They can't even send the divers down to get it because it's so deep. So they use this big machine to pull it up halfway so that the divers can go down to get it where it's not deep enough. And there's the body of a woman sitting in the passenger seat. And she's apparently very, very beautiful and extremely well-preserved. Like the most macabre image that you can kind of think of, really. Um, So there's a huge crowd behind the ropes. The whole town is gathered to see the plane come up. And they're cheering. They're all clapping. They're all excited like they're at Disneyland. But then they see the woman's hair is stuck out of the door. Mm. And it's hanging out so the crowd can see it. And it's her hair is so, like, pretty and long. I wonder if she's biotin. It looked really good. And mm. it's so tragic. It's so sad. And they, the police try to shield and be very respectful. So they kind of drape, a, a like, a sheet over it. So that's, everyone that's won't nice. see. It was really nice. It's just, just so sad. And they're bringing out this body and like a, they got like a coffin there, didn't they? And they're. I don't remember the coffin. It was a long box. Oh, maybe Looks like it a was. coffin. And they brought it out. But it could have just been maybe a ambulance, like Rolly Gurney. Hmm. I don't know. Did um, you ever see Anne of Green Gables when you were growing up? No. I mean, oh. maybe. But maybe. Oh, the one with Megan Follows? No. Oh, okay. Just there's this whole scene of like it's that she's like obsessed with this the lady of Shalott, this poem. Mm-hmm. And it's like her in a boat and her yes. hair is like and the boat starts to sink. Yes. I think Gilbert Blythe saves her. But like that's that. kind of what this reminded me of. And it's this very I remember that really well. Yes. And in my when I watched And there's it, a painting a kid, of the lady of Shalott. 
There's a oh. painting too that I kept picturing. But does she drown the Lady of Shalot? Does she go? She, I know she goes out into the. There's something with water because Anne is like lying in a boat, and like pretends that she's like sailing away from her love or something. There's something that happens that she's in a boat. Maybe she died out on the boat. When I picture the Lady of Shalot, though, I think of her going out onto a lake, and in the lake is. Are we saying it right? Is it Shalot? Lady of Shalot. Okay. But what I'm picturing is, you know, those um, ones. What? I've got it. She's sitting up in the water, in the boat, I mean. She is. This is the painting that you're thinking of, but it's the same color hair. She has this sort of reddish auburn hair. And it's Alfred Lloyd Tennyson's four-part poem. Tells the story of a young medieval woman mysteriously imprisoned on an island near Camelot. She must weave a colorful web and only watch the outside world through a mirror. If she looks at Camelot directly, she will be cursed. That's it. But why is she in a boat? Lady Did she escape? It said nothing about the boat. Probably the water lilies had green leaves and yellow flowers. She lives with little joy or fear over the water running near. But what I think of, like, in a... No, never mind. I was going to make a Harry Potter reference. You all know what I'm thinking of with the boat and the lake and bad stuff comes out of the water. yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. My initial impression of this police force is that they are doing a pretty good job because mm-hmm. they are being really respectful and they did follow this tip. So I was I was impressed. It is. Now, across the border in Canada, there is a Royal Canadian constable who's adorable. And just, maybe just because I like Canadians, but I liked him. Who doesn't and like Canadians? Everyone likes Canadians. If you don't like Canadians, you're real grumpy. You. Yeah. Yeah. So... He noticed that there's search and rescues going on for this plane that's missing that had two teenagers in it. And he was curious, so he started digging. He found out these two teenagers had picnicked outside this plane and were, like, rearranging stuff in the plane. Hmm. And then witnesses had seen the plane flying in a low, no-fly zone and going too low. So the constable thought they might have crashed in the wilderness somewhere. Then there's this cub reporter, this 22-year-old woman named Margot Harper, who has full-on working girl, nine-to-five hair. Like, she wears her tennis shoes on the Canadian subway, whatever <gasps> it is. She, the river run. She carries her <laughs> pumps in her purse or in her lunch bag, and she's working on this old-looking computer, like, from War Games. Oh, yeah. It's so old. And so she's digging, and she finds the names of the people on the plane because Canadians are just better. And the yep. people's on the plane, Eurista Ambrosiak, who is known as Jerry, thank God. <laughs> and Jerry has a unibrow whose name is Liam. After the most famous <laughs> unibrow of all time. Uh, he is 19 from Poland. And his from pass- Poland? No kidding. <laughs> his passenger was his girlfriend, Diane Babcock, 18 years old. So the reporter finds out that they were like Romeo and Juliet. Their families were against their relationship, and maybe they were trying to sneak off and elope. No. Her father, Diane's father, denies this, says they wouldn't have had to elope, but Margot's not sure if he's telling the truth. She kind of thought he was, like, sugarcoating it so that if Margot was out there, she would feel safe to come home. I don't know. You don't believe this whole thing. I'm going to disappoint everyone right now and say that this is pumped and hyped as a Romeo and Juliet star-crossed lover situation. 
Yeah. And we get absolutely zero backup or info on this fact, nor could I find any on the internet that was, because I really wanted to know why did they go on this trip? Because I feel like we don't get answers, and I'm just going to spoil it now. We don't get answers. So, I mean, we get a reason, but it's not a super it's not convincing a good reason. reason. It's really not, no. So, all right, go ahead. Also, we should mention that they do mention the Romeo and Juliet, and Margot, the reporter, said that when they found her body in the water, she reminded her of Ophelia. Yeah. So there's a lot of Shakespeare going on. They're going with a theme. Yeah. So in Vancouver, a close friend of Jerry receives a call from Jerry. Jerry and Liam, the unibrow, call (laughs) Jerry's friend, not Liam's friend. I don't think Liam and the friend got along. Liam so, doesn't have any friends. No, Liam is a loner because he's a unibrow. All he needs is himself. So Jerry and Liam call Tom. <laughs> Are you giggling because of Tom and Jerry? <laughs> Are you all right? What's that? Are you laughing because it's a cat and a mouse that fight? Why? I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I'm tired. That's good. Um, Tom and Jerry. So Jerry said that the plane had been ditched. Okay, so Jerry's like calling from on the run. And from New York. Why does he go to New York? That was the plan, I think. I don't know. It's very odd what the plan was. So, But he went and, from Montana to New York. That's crazy first, to me. First. Yeah. First. So. How did he get there? He hitchhiked? No. So he took a train to New York. Because he had some money. We had some money. I'll, yeah. So, okay. So, Jerry says the plane had been ditched and crashed on purpose. He's telling this to Tom. He says that he fled the crash because she died. And now he, well, he, they were always going to flee the crash. But she died. And he was now in New York. And, but he says... <laughs> Keith goes, he's in New York City. And it's just like that salsa commercial. Yep. New York City. Um, so. No, that's not it. It's New York City. <laughs> Get a rope. <laughs> that's the one, right? That's yeah. it. Yep. So the constable from Canada goes down to Montana. And now Canada and Montana are working together. And they're friends. It's cute. And they put a tap on Tom's phone. And hoping that Jerry will call again. And Jerry does call again, but this time he's in Texas. Texas. So Jerry. he says that Pick he just— Pick a lane, Jerry. Pick a lane. He says that he just wanted to escape and get away. From what? From what? We don't really know. And Diane had just tagged along like an annoying, like, kid sister. That's how he—who tags yeah. along on a plane ride? Like, maybe you With tag someone, along if I'm going to Froyo— Stealing a plane. Stealing a plane. That's a little bit much. And faking your death. Who does this? Like, I would maybe tag along with you if you were, like, going to CVS. And I'd be like, I'll tag along. You would not. not. You would never do that. I do like CVS. No, you don't. Bad lighting. You already said. Well, it's not romantic, but I don't need to be romantic with you. If you were going to Froyo, I would tag along. So he says he just wanted to escape. And she tagged along. But then he says... You know, I can't live without you or some sh- like that. And he says the S D wow. word. Like, is she tagging along or was she like, I can't live without you. I'm coming with you. And also, why are you sounding so douchey when you're 
this girl is dead and you're saying she was madly in love with you and couldn't live without you. And you're like, oh, it's like the Taylor Swift where she's like, I just want to get back together and live with that. Look, we are never getting back together. But he's totally like mocking her. He's like, I can't live without you, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, why does he? Why is he also have his voice distorted? Or is yeah, that just the way it sounds I, on recordings in so, the eighties? Yeah, it was not distorted. I don't believe. But several people made that comment. I think that's just the way it he sounded like, yes. on it the quality. Like like yeah, that. he sounds weird to begin with, and it's in the eighties, so the tape has maybe not held up over time, and okay. it was recorded. I, but it does totally sound like he's distorting yeah, his voice. Really. Yeah. Um, he sounds like a real charmer, by the way. Yeah. So then he says that he misses her and he, like losing her is like losing half of him and he's lonely. And it doesn't really sound like he's that. It sounds like maybe he's lonely, he's but about. not for her. Like uh-uh. he doesn't seem to give one SH about her. Mm-mm. And it's really obnoxious because she's she's deceased. It's, right. It's terrible. And he knows she is. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can't live without you. Like, it's like, imagine if someone died, like your lover, and then you were like at their funeral saying, oh, they were so clingy. Like. Right. Exactly. What? So he says he won't turn himself in because he knows it looks like he killed her, even though he didn't kill her. Okay. He insists he didn't kill her, but he's not going to turn himself in. He said that there was a life raft. And some, okay, so in the plane, I'm sorry, in the plane, they find a life raft, some disguises, some like first aid gear and survival gear. It seemed like they were definitely planning to crash the plane and get into the life raft with the disguises. But something went wrong because she's dead. Mm -hmm. So she died by drowning and had injuries from the crash, like a broken collarbone, and she was still buckled in. The seatbelt was flipped around, but it wasn't jammed. It just was kind of flipped so the the clasp was by her stomach. But none of her fingernails looked like she was trying to get the belt off. Right. Like, I don't know. My fingernails are so short. They're not going to break. But I guess they would be broken or at least, like, you'd have fibers or something under your nails. I don't know. Right, right. Um, it didn't look like she had been frantically trying to get the belt off. Right. Um. Diane's doctor reveals that days before the crash, she had had an abortion, which, again, we find very little out about. We really don't know what happened there. So the sheriff didn't believe that Jerry really wanted to come with him and wanted her to come with him and that he could have had up to five minutes of the boat. I mean, the ship sink. What is it? Airplane. The airplane sinking to save her. And he had taken out his duffel bag, which had his money in it and his clothes in it. And the money, it's like $2,200. Diane was the one that had saved. Her money. Here we go. There we go. So he's going to let this girl that is in love with him tag along because she's bringing all this money. Right. And pay for his change of life. Exactly. So the police believe that he took advantage of the accident and her being stuck maybe and let her die. The sheriff is like, I would have rather died. You would have found me in that plane if I my fiance was stuck in there. Couldn't there is there a possibility of a dude being like an okay dude but just being a coward 
and like panicking. Yeah. I'm thinking of King of Queens when their plane is going down and he goes for his own like like life thing, his oxygen, and then Carrie gets so pissed at him because she thinks like if we were really in danger, you would not try to save me. And because he's he's nice, but he's just one of those guys. Yeah. Is that possible? Yes, that's possible. Because not all dudes are like, yes, I'm going to save my woman and I'm going to be, you know? Yeah. Okay. Just to give him the benefit of the doubt. So in Montana, they file charges against him for, I guess, reckless homicide, something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, but they can't find him, obviously. Years pass. They put him on those missing criminal whatever shows. The list. Yeah. The, yeah. Diane's mother and father would visit her grave every year. This is oh. absolutely horrible. On the 17th year, it's been 17 years since the accident, they are hit by a bus on the way to the funeral home cemetery, and the mom dies. It's <sighs> like, I can't even. It's just. The saddest thing. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So now it's been 20. So now we find out that there was a gypsy ring and they were all cursed. Because that's, <laughs> yes, that's exactly. a nightmare scenario. That's that's awful. That's just so sad. Many years ago, Diane's father cut promised. off a gypsy in traffic, and she <laughs> put a curse on him. Many years ago, he promised a witch a baby. Diane was that baby. This is it's so sad. It's so so sad. I just I can't even. I know it's unbelievable. Oh, that poor man. And this other and this guy Jerry's out there. No one can find him. So that's He's just... really who I should be sending a package to. Jerry? No. No, the dad. The dad. Absolutely. Diane's dad. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. Um, it's So it's now been 25 years. The constable retires, but the case still haunts him. And it haunts the reporter lady, Margot, and the sheriff, and the cop. All yep. these people, they just cannot get over how they can't find this guy, and it drives them crazy. Then we meet Gina. Oh, boy. Gina lives in Texas. What do you want to say about Gina? I'm saving it. Save it. Gina works for Texas Instruments, which I was really excited about because it reminded me of the SATs and all well, that Well, that's the only thing that I, I didn't know Texas Instruments did more things than graphing calculators. So I know, I'm, a, I'm a dumb idiot. I was I, like, oh, like, they're But if giant I say what, company. it'll really give away the year if I say what kind I used. Oh, well, don't do that. Do you remember? Like, I remember ours. Yeah, I yeah. do. But I'm um, not, no. Okay, it's a T.I. something. I'm not going to say what, though. Was it by... No, it wasn't by year. No, that's ridiculous. It was just model number. So she is in failure analysis. Bear in mind that. And she brags a lot about it. And her B-roll is her looking through a magnifying... What's a magnifying glass? What are you doing? Microscope? Stethoscope? Microscope. Microscope. You got really close. You just needed to combine them all together. But that tell people good. I was making the finger gesture. You were making the finger of like a Like I monoc- was wearing a monocle. Uh, like a with, monocle. W- with like my you, fingers. Like you were freaking Mr. Monopoly. But you know that guy. You, were you know the do. sports guy who just did that thing and I can't do it? Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? those things. Yeah. That guy. No, I don't this, know what you're talking about. It was like a few weeks ago and this sports guy made this cool, like he was making like the f- monocle thing with his, like it's like an okay peace type sign but your fingers are around your eyeball and then he flipped it around and did it like crazy like backwards and and everyone on twitter was trying to figure out how he did it and i still can't figure out how he did it i've watched like the videos can you send it to out. me because i want to yeah know. okay I'm yeah gonna try it. okay 
So it like looks really easy, but then it's not. Um, so her job is to find stuff wrong with people, situations, everything. I guess just calculators. But she transfers that to her work and thinks that she's really good at finding what's wrong with people. Mm-hmm. She's really terrible at it, actually. She goes online dating. She writes in her profile, I hate dishonesty more than anything. This is like my one red flag. This is the hill I'm going to die on. If you are dishonest about anything, I'm gone. Okay? So she hears from this guy, Michael Smith. And he says in his profile, I'm honest and I don't cheat or play games. So she's like, this is a perfect match. She goes on a date with him. He drives a Viper that is apparently worth $80,000. So he's rich. She notices a class ring, which is very observant because that's what she does. Extremely observant. And she sees the date is around the same time she graduated high school. But he was supposed to be like the same age as her. So she asks him about it and he says like he kind of makes an excuse like he's really smart and graduated early or something. And she's like, hmm. She says he told her that he was only in love once when he was much younger and that she had been killed in an accident. And she's going slow with this guy. She likes him. They don't kiss for a few weeks. And Keith is like, really? Yeah, Keith is shocked by that. Keith is like, a Keith, fast moving. Don't, right. Don't. T- Keith. Keith. Jerry White. was being a gentleman. Jerry the yeah. gentleman. Keith is like, no, everyone knows you screw on the third date and <laughs> you make out before you've even said hello. Okay, so this guy, Michael Smith, had told Gina that he's 34. <laughs> uh-huh. When they get intimate... Quote, Keith. Yes. She thought he looked older. So basically his peen looked older. Is that what we're gathering? No, just body, just everything. Just looks older. Just all older. Yeah. Just the because whole I mean, business. Men get like loose skin, like women get loose skin. Like, no, you just look older. Your body looks older. No matter how in shape you are, men's chests look a certain way when they're in their forties. That's different than when they just got out of their 20s. It's true. But yeah. some men age really well. I don't know. And I am of Polish descent, but I have never seen my grandpa shirtless. I never did. So I don't know if he was in tip-top shape. I don't know. <laughs> okay, don't it reminds know. me of Family Guy. They're, Stewie and Brian are talking about those men that you can't tell, if, like from the like Clark Gable, like when they would wear those wife beaters with the pants up really high and you can't tell if they have chest muscles or if they're just wearing their pants really high until their pants come like lucid. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Was Clark Gable in good shape or not? You can't tell. He's wearing the wife tank top. Clark Gable was all about the face. No. No one cares. He, we have so many, this is why we need show notes. So I can put up the picture of the eye, guy doing the eye thing and a picture of Clark Gable and the Family Guy skit. Okay. okay. I'm making a list. So Gina is honest with him, which is really strange. Mm-hmm. because, But it's only because he keeps bragging about how young he looks. Mm-hmm. So he's just asking for it, basically. Don't do that. He says, I look so great for my age, don't you think? And she says, don't do you want to know the truth? Yeah. Um, actually, you look a lot older than you say you are. 
and he gets really mad about it. And then finally he admits to her that he's actually nine years older. He's 43. He's not 34. And honesty was her one thing. And she's furious. She's like, what else have you lied about? Is Michael Smith even your real name? And he's like, actually, funny story. Wow. It's it's Jerry Ambrosiak. Ambrosiak. And salad. Uh, his profile had said how honest he is. What? Like, wow. what? So she, but she doesn't break up with him. No. And honesty was her one thing. Uh, I want to slap her across the face. Yeah. So, and she's so proud of how good she is at detecting things. And she detected uh-huh. all this stuff and she was right. And she still stays. So then she goes to work the next day and she Googles him. This is where she gets a big surprise. He is the longest running fugitive that has like never been caught in the wow. U.S. And she still doesn't break up with him. I can't. I don't. His whole life is a lie. And she had said. So he's not just like more a little liar. Anything. Yeah. His whole <laughs> persona. His, his whole life, name. His, his entire name, thing. Yeah. All it's of it. all a lie. And she had said she was such a smart girl and all this stuff. And when she doesn't break up with him. And here's why she doesn't break up with him. Here is why. Yes. I know why. Because she wanted to go on a free trip to Japan with him. Now, in her defense, is why. Do you know how much plane tickets are to Japan? (laughs) I don't care. They're like, I do not. I'm I'm giving you, they're $3,000. It is one of the most expensive trips you can take. And probably most people that live in the U.S. will never, ever. I mean, the, the percentage of people that actually get to go to Japan is probably minuscule. So she probably weighed on her pros and cons list with her friend, <laughs> you and me sitting around. And I'm like, well, he lied about everything. And he is he a fugitive. He might be a murderer. He's a fugitive possible murderer. Will I get another chance to go to Japan? Her good friend said, hun, take that trip. Get on that plane. You only live once. I don't go. know, Cindy. He might kill me on the trip. I don't know if I want to be alone with this guy. He might have killed this girl. You know what? Just keep yourself safe. Try to get your own room. Yeah, I'm sure there was a whole host of things. Because there's stuff that went down on the trip. So go ahead. Well, but that's Dateline producer says that Gina had said that her grandma had been in Japan or something. I don't know, during the war. And like always wanted her to go or something. I that really makes sense. don't so care. So there was like a reason. Okay, but I okay. re- honestly, I really I don't care. I know you Because don't. it is your life at stake. But you are not a fan of travel. No, I'm not. I would and rather just watch a documentary on it. Gina, who I wrote her name as Tina. Here's the Gina deal. Gina likes traveling. She is one of those people. Yeah, she's Stephanie. She's our friend Stephanie. I think Gina has a tattoo that says Wanderlust. Yes. Or not all who wander are lost. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yeah. But still, he's the longest running fugitive. Still, he I don't. He may have killed a woman. And he's lied about everything. And all you care about is honesty. And she says, I was nervous, in quotes. But nervous is not what I would be feeling. I would be feeling fear. Fear. Like, I am fearful of this trip, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to weigh the the risks and I'm going to never be alone with him. I'm going to carry Mace in my purse. I don't know. Yeah. Did she have a plan? 
I don't think she had a plan. No, I don't know if they were staying together. She's like lovey-dovey with him on the trip. She's kissing him. I know she him. kissed the camera. She's kissing the camera. I do not get it, girl, how you have to be so wanting to go to Japan. So no, She really wanted to go to but Japan. She, she's like convincing herself that he's probably innocent. But it again, it doesn't matter because he's still a fugitive. So it's still against the law to right. No, he's still a fugitive. He's still breaking the law, even if he's innocent. Um, and Keith is kind of annoyed with her, and I feel like because he keeps saying, "But you said how smart you were and how much you hated lying," and yep. you know, and he, he starts leaning back in his chair, like yep. he's leaning against the chair. He doesn't want to even be near her anymore. No, he's kind he of just disgusted, as we, as I was at least. Katie is giving her a little more slack, so. I'm not giving her that much slack. I don't. I do. I don't know if it was the right. I don't know. It was. I believe. Is it not against the law to not turn in a fugitive? You're no. harboring a fugitive. Oh, oh, are you harboring a fugitive? That's a good question. You are. I would think if you know where they are. I mean, she. If he ever stayed at her house, you're harboring a fugitive. You're. You're. You're helping a fugitive. Travel to another continent. Yeah, they really could have gotten her on some of Where that they could have, he could be doing crimes over there. Like, you don't know. He could be a terrorist. Good He's, point. These are I good mean, points. You're tra- encouraging him to travel around the world. Yep. So they go to Japan and she wants to sightsee. It seems like a really stupid fight. She just wants to take a lot of pictures and he was basically yeah. annoyed that she was taking so many pictures. And because of that, they break up, basically. Um, she There's was, something more to that that we're not there getting. There has to be more. I'm guessing it's because she wouldn't sleep with him. I think so, too. She wasn't giving him all the affection he wanted. Which because they said attention. Code, they code, said attention, but I think they meant... Yeah. Code for wiki wiki. And... What was that? Wiki wiki. Is wiki wiki, wiki like wiki, you're a wiki. DJ? That's chica, a DJ. Chuka chuka. Waka waka waka. But are you thinking of... I need to... Yes, is that? That, that's a bed. That's a bed. What's a ja- Japan wiki, bed wiki, sound wiki. like? What is a Japanese? Whoosh, 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 whoosh. It's a low mattress. <laughs> whoosh, whoosh. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, yeah, I think she just wanted to take pictures and be a sightseer and was making it pretty clear that she was not going to sleep with him and he wanted to sleep Absolutely. with her. And, and then he's mad because he, he wanted paid for to a really expensive see, trip. He really wanted to see her cherry blossoms. Yes, he did. <laughs> so they are fighting a lot, but and they're probably going to break up. And they're flying home and he lets her take his first class seat. Which was a very gentlemanly thing to do. It's a really long flight. That's an amazing thing. I know. Serious. Wait, but does that mean they flew one flew first class there and one didn't? Yeah, because I'm sure he got paid from his work one first class ticket, but really he should have given a tour on the way there. Because then he would have been more likely to see her cherry blossom. To get whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
ink, ink. I can't do it. I'm I'm sounding like the re re re. No, er e er e. Do there you put, go. Er, put ers in it. Er, er e er e. There we go. That's it. Okay. So they fly. They land back home. This is so the way they put it. I'm sorry. Dateline is paying her no favors. Basically, Keith says. They land back home, and it really started to bother her that she was <laughs> seeing someone that could lie like that. Like, after they landed, once she How got convenient. home from the How free convenient. trip. Yeah. Let's be real. And to then Japan. I, from Japan. And then I learned that Gina is spelled like guinea pig slash Geneva Convention. Guina? G-E-N-E-A. What? Yeah. Genia? 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 Okay. I don't Keep know. Going. Like Gina Davis is G-E-E-E-N-A. But it's, I, I don't understand. Okay. So. Well, I wish you hadn't told me. I know. I know. So I wish I didn't know. But we all have to know now. Great. So she starts mulling it over and she finally decides. They break up. But then she's mulling it over. What should she do? And now she decides to call the sheriff, which was perfect timing because the sheriff was about to retire and this case was still haunting him. And he gets the call and he's so excited. So they go to Texas and they arrest him. They bring in Jerry and he's talking to Keith and he is not attractive. He wasn't then. He is not now. He has a weird face. I don't know why the ladies liked him. He has much less unibrow than he did in the 80s, but nothing else has improved. He looks nothing like his picture from the 80s, so I don't know how you people knew it was him. He had, but like, I'm, a bowl cut in the 80s, and now he has, I don't well, know. Like I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm really relieved. He lightens his hair. Because I was going either way on whether or not you were going to think he was handsome, and I thought that oh there was my a God. good chance that you might think he was handsome. No. You've been all over the map. I know. But there's something about the way he talks. Well... Do you no, need I, to take a drink out of that coffee cup? No, it's take fine. Take a drink I'm, out of that just, coffee cup. Just holding it. I feel it. bad. Oh. Just, <laughs> you see, you're in a commercial. Just, just going to do a little, just going to do a little sip. Hang on one sec, a little sippy sip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh what boy. if I was one of those people? Nope. <sighs> so. Oh, you do that plenty. <laughs> I don't realize that I do a weird noise. So, the, you know what? Now that you're saying that, though, I, f- I found him vehemently unattractive but he kind of reminds me in a way the way he speaks and maybe a little bit the way he looks of the guy from the sheila davalu case who i was in love with who also seemed maybe like he was on the spectrum because he had no emotions and was a little robotic so we're gonna Um, get there with jerry right because yeah jerry Jerry, has some personality defects he definitely does so he as in no personality. As in there is missing one. As in, as in there is a one. Instead of a personality, he has a parrot as a pet. Oh, he come was, on. He has a parrot. They He briefly said when they were arresting him, yeah. he needed someone to watch his parrot. Like, and we needed someone to bring it in from outside. Oh, yeah, it was outside. But also, that was surprising to me. I've what known people of- with parrots, and they're nice. Do you know people that live alone, a, a grown man by himself and sure. a parrot? I'm okay with that. I'm I'm unsure about people that have lots and lots of birds. Yeah, no, I've that's... seen a few TV specials on people with many, many birds. Which TV specials? There's oh, there's a couple. 
I'll, I'll go have to go back and find them. They sound good. I would be interested in that. Sometimes it's hoarders. Yeah. So he's put in jail and he can finally call his family. It's been a quarter of a century. They never moved. They never changed their phone number because they hoped he would come back, which is very sweet, actually. I don't know how they raised this wow. son with no emotions because yeah. they sound nice. So he says what happened was after the accident, he hitchhiked to Texas. He took a train to New York, then hitchhiked to Texas. His $2,200 were stolen. He was homeless. And he meets a guy who told him how to get a new identity and who let him stay with him for free. What? What? I think this guy does not exist, or he was giving this guy some sort of sexual favors. Hold on a second. I just solved the case. Not this case. I solved the case with... Native American Joe. Jerry. Jerry. <gasps> this is Jerry. Jerry. Oh, oh, my God. We just solved the case. Mind. It, yeah. Invisible Jerry. Is this Jerry? He was tall and we, had dark hair that might be like Manx and might not be like Manx. We've done it. He was stealing the Wi-Fi. Yes. And he did it. Oh, my gosh. And he killed that woman. He put a bomb in her car. And he's and an astrophysicist. Larry, Larry is in prison just being a douchebag and not being a murderer. No, because this guy is Jerry. Yeah, but Larry is in prison for nothing besides just being annoying. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Should we just stop right now? Did we do it? Should we call someone? Who should we call? Should we just stop the podcast? Should we just retire? Yeah, we're done. Thanks, everybody. It's been great. Bye. It's been great. We did it. We did it, guys. (laughs) Simply the best. We solved Dateline. (laughs) (laughs) Case closed. You solved Dateline. I I just I was Watson, like not helping, but then I'm gonna write it up in a blog post later and get all the credit. But really you you did everything. Yeah. Okay, so Jerry went to a cemetery. This is so sad. And it took me a sec to understand what was happening. So he finds um a headstone for a baby who was born the same year that he was around the same time so it would be his age but there wouldn't be a lot of paperwork because it was a baby that had died so he takes that baby's identity he goes to the store the birth certificate store and says (laughs) can i get security office can i just get like a new birth certificate and they're like sure no probs no waiting we'll be back in 10 minutes yeah 10 minutes um, just the copier has to warm up, and then no problem. We'll shoot it out for you. And then um, he leaves, and he gets his birth certificate, Michael Smith. He gets a driver's license. He gets a job. He gets a college degree. He gets a um, – he starts a tech company. He becomes far more successful than you or I will ever be. Combined. He makes a fortune and travels the world. And can live on a lake in Canyon Crest. <laughs> Apparently in the 80s, changing your identity was no big deal. This is no big deal at all. This was I the wish I had thing known. in the world. There were girls at my school whose identity I would have liked to have stolen. We could have been someone else. I like, could have been Samantha. They had better hair. Yeah. They didn't have like braces that yeah. I would, like had on my two front teeth. Only. I would have had good I would have had good jeans, not uh, bad jeans. You can't Oh, you mean actual jeans. I mean actual jeans. I was denim. like you can't change denim. your jeans. Yeah. I would have had um, good good jeans. 
He says that um, Gina turning him in was a blessing in disguise because he got to see his family. But now he's going to be charged with negligent homicide and could be put in jail for 10 years. He pleads not guilty. So this is where we finally hear the story of what happened on the lake, at the bottom of the lake, whatever, on top of the lake, really. He tells Keith that he was watching Tarzan the Ape Man and Apocalypse Now. And somehow those movies gave him and Diane the idea that they, they were would, watching them together. Yeah. Not like at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like one on one screen and one on the other. No, he said they were watching movies like that. Like they were probably watching a couple. They went to the movies a couple times. Okay. Um, they weren't like transposing them on top of each other. No. And there's like a hidden meaning if you watch them. <laughs> like watch it's them a together. Pink Floyd Wizard of Oz thing. It is. If you <laughs> sells you to move the rainforest. <laughs> yeah. Give up everything you nub. And move. <laughs> yes. So they, it gave them the idea they should move to the wilderness. They were going to drop out, drop the plane, fake their deaths. They were going to hitchhike down to South America. Yeah. Okay. But then Diane got pregnant, but no big deal. She gets an abortion, and a couple days later, she's still ready to go on the trip. This is what we're hearing from Jerry. So we really don't know. Because yeah. he downplays everything. Like, no, she was fine with the abortion. No, she was still totally ready to go on the trip. So they fly the plane north, and then they turn it around and go south to trick people. And they changed their clothes on the plane. They crash into the lake. But it wasn't like in the movies, like a little landing. Uh-huh. Like, it was terrible. He went through the hard plastic windshield. They, we learned on Twitter, the windshield was like a hard plastic and he went through it. That's why he was bleeding. He says it was pitch black outside and the plane had flipped upside down and Diane couldn't get her seatbelt off. Why are they trying this at night? Oh, so no one will see them. I right. See, I see, I see. But still, then do it at like, dawn. Get some headlamps on your head. No. Yeah, something. You guys are not prepped. Yeah. I think lake people are up at dawn, though. I think they're out on their decks sipping Folgers and looking out at the lake. They're up at four in the morning. Yeah, lake people, I think so. Okay. With their Folgers. And you just sit and you contemplate life in your rocking chair. It's the best part of waking up. Exactly. So Diane couldn't get her seatbelt off, and she's hanging upside down in the plane. He had taken his seatbelt off before the crash. She tells him calmly that she can't get her seatbelt off. She He insists to Keith that she said it calmly. Because when you're hanging upside down in a plane and you're stuck. He doesn't stuck, say that, though. Yes, he, he does. He says at first, at first he's like, Keith is like, well, she must have been a little frantic. She must have been shouting to you. And he goes, yes, yeah. Well, actually, no. He, he agrees and then immediately disagrees. I think he said, she said, I can't get my seatbelt off. And Keith said, well, I'm sure she said it a lot less calmly than that. And he says, well, yes. yeah. No, actually, no, she was actually, pretty calm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he swims to the wrong side Probably of the plane. Probably because she has a concussion. Yeah, maybe. So she, in a dislocated shoulder. Right, exactly. Um, so he swims to the wrong side of the plane because it had flipped over. Then he finally gets to the right side of the plane. He opens the door and the water rushes in and the plane sinks in like seconds. So that kind of explains how her hair got caught in the door to yeah. me. That makes sense to me. He doesn't s- specifically know how her hair got caught in the door, but it makes sense that it kind of would happen then. Yeah. Um 
he says he saw her sink and calling out for him to save her. Oh, my God. But I thought it was pitch black. Exactly. So that's weird. I don't understand that part. I don't understand a lot. Um, then his duffel bag and his clothes and money float up to the surface. Her bag sinks. His bag just happens to float to the surface. Now, there weren't like 40 bags. It was like there were a couple bags. So it was like a 50-50 chance if one of them was going to float up, it would be his. But the police think it's really lucky, suspiciously lucky, that his made it out while hers didn't. So do you want to talk about what happened now or do you want to wait? Go for it. Well, don't. I mean, I think that he opened the door, realized he was in the the pilot's seat, and then tried to get to her, couldn't do it. But the minute he opened the door, exactly what he said, all the water rushes in and starts sinking really, really fast. He realized he wasn't going to be able to get that belt undone and grab that bag. I think I it's know. the one part of the story he's really lying about. I, think I don't know if bag. he would even had time to make that assessment. You think so? Yeah, I think he grabbed if the If he had time to grab it, he had time to try for her belt. I think he tried for the belt. I think he did both. You think he did both? I think he tried for the belt, tried for the belt, realized this wasn't going to work, and maybe she was, like, starting to die because she had been underwater. But her belt was not malfunctioned. It was no. just flipped around. But maybe he couldn't figure that out in the dark. Right, He couldn't true. figure out why it was flipped around, so he's feeling the belt, and he's feeling this flat part, and he's like, what's happening? What's happening? The weird part of the story to me is that he had taken off his own belt and didn't say, hey, take off your belt to her. He had thought that what his reason was, he thought that he, since he was holding the steering wheel, that that would keep him in the cockpit and keep him from flying out the window. But she didn't have a steering wheel. So, but wouldn't you, but wouldn't you have said, take off your belt and hold on to me? No. How could you hold on to someone and not, you would go flying so still. Decide. I don't know. No, I still think you'd go flying. I think, I think it was dumb for him to take his belt off. Because it okay. obviously didn't work. He flew through the windshield. Yeah. Um. So I think it was safer for her to stay belted. Mm -hmm. But maybe check to make sure it's flipped on right. I guess it flipped in the water yeah. when it hit in the impact. Yeah. I don't know. I And then he felt around in the dark for the bag and then grabbed the bag. Yeah. Or what maybe if, the bag was floating up towards him and it was getting in his way right. when he was trying to get the belt. And then he grabs the bag. But he can't say that because that makes him look really, really bad that he grabbed the bag. But I don't think there's any chance that one of the bags floated up through right. the cockpit magically through the open door. I don't think that happened. Well, the windshield was missing from oh, the boat. Okay. okay. So, so it's maybe. possible it floated up through the windshield. Just one bag? Come on. It's I know. That's what's weird. But again, it's not like there were 40 bags and his just happened to float up. There were only two and a life raft and a thing of medical or like life like survival skills type stuff but you don't think that both bags floated up not if one was like seated next to something else well, you what know, if like both what about this what if both bags floated up and the things that he was burning was the other bag it's possible but the boys only saw him with one bag okay and they but saw him before the fire so maybe he had stuffed his bag full of her stuff. Who knows? I'm just saying there's other... No, just... because they found her bag. The police found her bag at the bottom of the plane. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah. So how the heck did his bag just magically float up? I think That it's... seems too much coincidence. I think it's a huge coincidence. 
Yeah. I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's a huge coincidence. I 100% think he's lying about something. He's lying about a few different elements. Several things. Yeah. I think he But I don't believe he intended to kill her. No, I don't think so. Because though. I don't think it was intentional homicide, but I do 100% think it was reckless homicide. Yeah. And I think. And I don't even necessarily think it was a homicide of opportunity. Like he chose not to save her. Couldn't this be reckless manslaughter? Yeah. Okay. But do you think there's a chance he chose not to save her? I think he could have done more, maybe. But they're all saying, all these men are saying, I would die with that plane. Now, yeah, you but can't these are different that. kinds of men. He was an 18-year-old right. kid. You can't say that when you're in it. No. No, yeah. if you're in a plane that's going down in the water, in the dark, you can't, you don't know what you'd do. No, you don't um, know what you'd do. You might not be as good of a hero. And he said he kept hoping that she would come up. Right. So, but also, how was she calling out for him if she was underwater? How could he see her calling out for him? I mean, well, the plane was like filling with water, I would guess, as it was going down. Although the windshield was gone. And he trying? So. And with the windshield out, just stay in the plane as it's going down and keep trying to get her out and then go out through the windshield. What is the well, problem? Well, you might get sucked down with it. Remember in Titanic? No, I don't. They you act- wouldn't know that. If you saw Titanic. You keep but trying? I guess this was pre-Titanic. Exactly. Okay, I'm just saying. All right, go ahead. No, I just... He could have tried harder, but again, we don't think he was that into her. And no, but I, do, I, I mean, definitely don't think he planned to kill her because how would you know that it would kill her? And it's no, it's, it's too, not. He it's, didn't it's, plan it's, to kill her. He didn't. It's too much. No, but I he could have done more, or it could have been an accident. He chose to run, which makes him look horrible. He chose, he chose to go along with the plan, even though she died. Like right. So, so that that's gross. But yeah, that's the running just, was definitely more for him. And we don't know why. Yeah. Okay. So um, he swam to shore and he spent the next few days in shock. But I th- again, I think he was pretty slick for someone in shock. He tried to burn those pieces from the plane. Yeah. You know, he stuck to the plan. Mm-hmm. But his mind seems to work differently. As Keith says, he's an unusual guy. He's crazy meticulous. He seems a bit sociopathic in his, like, he's very persnickety, I think, and logical. Mm-hmm. And I, so I, he's, he seemed to just go according to the plan, regardless of if she was dead. A prosecutor makes a deal and he makes, Jerry makes a deal so that he won't spend a single day in jail besides the 99, sorry, nine months, the nine months that he had spent during the proceedings. And that's, that's just odd. That, he he hired the best lawyer money could buy. Yeah. It cuts to this female bailiff who is so pissed. What in the world was that? I loved that they she, cut to her though. She was furious. She, she was is, like, justice for Diane. Yeah. <laughs> she was she was ready to take out her pistol and do it herself. She I'm so glad you noticed her. Oh, she was, she was not so mad. Happy. Yeah. No. So then the one of the sheriffs that we've been talking to and who had met been t- following the story with Keith and doing interviews, like he passes away and he he's it's very sad and he's it so is. sad that the family didn't get justice and it's just it's horrible. But Jerry Upside is facing charges like getting a passport under false whatever and he gets off on those too. 
Right, he's got the best lawyer in the world. Freaking, and he ha- he's he has a like facial hair. It looks a lot better when he has facial hair. He looks less creepy. But <laughs> they deport him back to Canada, and basic. So basically, he wanted to go back to Canada, be with his family, yeah, anyways. Be with his family. So he got Take a free his viper, trip back. Go back. Yeah. yeah, free trip back. And guess what else? He's writing a book about his story. Oh, good. And it's called A Tear in My Life. Which is the worst title. I don't even know what it means. The Brutal Truth. And he has an elaborate website with all of the paperwork on it from the case. Keith says he's a very unusual person. But Keith says to him, you know, that phone call with Tom right after where you're saying you don't really sound like you care that she died. And she was right. just tagging along. And it makes you sound like a really bad dude. And Keith has these amazing facial expressions this whole episode. Yeah. But I'm going to make a collage because I already took some screen grabs. Um, And he's just, Jerry's like, you know what? I can't change people's minds. Whatever they think is fine. Like Jerry. Jerry. Come on, Jerry. It's fine. We know who you really are, Jerry. We know you killed that woman. You tried to kill that woman in a car bomb. So it's cool. (laughs) Is he going to get arrested for that? That woman who was working at a daycare center, Jerry, come on. What about the children? And that lady in the denim dress that I liked. And you blamed it all on Indian Joe. Native American Joe. Native American Joe. Huge apologies there. So B-roll bonanza. Is there anything you wanted to talk about first? Yeah. What is a good sociopath? (laughs) I I noticed that. Because the, the... The, the detective who'd been years and years on the case said, well, I've, you know, there's good sociopaths and bad sociopaths. And I'm like, what? Explain a good sociopath. Is that like, who is that? Who's okay, a good well, sociopath. Well, um, Sherlock Holmes, I think he says he's a high functioning sociopath or does he say psychopath? I can't remember. But he's hmm. one. Of, he's maybe one of the good ones. Dexter, maybe. No, that's a fake person, though. Well, that's so is Sherlock Holmes. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are there are nonviolent sociopaths. Okay. I'm sure there are, and so I I feel like they talked about it on House. So I'm just gonna say yes because of House. There are ones that have non don't have violent tendencies. I think I feel like we're giving sociopaths a bad name. We have to say disclaimer. Apologies to all of our listeners who are sociopaths. Sociopaths, I think, denotes a bad thing. It does, but I think it could be just, but maybe they could learn to like. I think that there's a nicer term. You're trying to be very (laughs) correct. I think there's a nicer thing for people that have the same disorder that sociopaths have. But I think when you say sociopath, that generally means something. Bad. bad. Yeah, bad. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds a little bit like saying like, well, there are good serial killers, but. But no, he comes across like a robot, like a straight up. No yeah. emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so B-roll bonanza. Lots of bodies of water. So much water. And lots, lots of, of car driving. Looking out at lakes and thinking. Yes. Driving? Was there driving? What did you who who was driving? Gina. Gina, Gina. was driving. You got the you got the review the review mirror shot of the uh, eyes. Gina. Yeah. You got the back seat. Jerry is working on his website and Oh good. I'm probably skipping out to Fashion Police, but he's wearing this shirt that looks like a prison shirt because there's writing on it in the... He's wearing that in the interview. What is that shirt? He's wearing the same shirt. What's the shirt? I thought you might know that it was like a trendy, expensive shirt. I could not figure it out. It seemed like it was an ad for something, but they weren't showing it clear enough 
that I could actually read it. It wasn't, it was it folded was like over in a way. In white font, like it yes. could have said Folsom Prison or something. I thought it was a prison shirt for yeah. a chunk of time. And so then maybe I was that like, they were trying oh. to trick us with that shirt. Does Jerry seem like a trickster? No, I think Dateline probably went through his wardrobe and was like, here. Oh. And they'll be like, Jerry, it'll be funny. And he's like, I do not understand humor, does not compute. And they were like, no, trust us. It'll be good. People will be into it. What did um, Diane see in him? Ugh. I don't know. What did Gina see in him? Money. Well, Gina, money. A Viper. Tokyo. Yeah. So there was lots of 80s footage, 80s hair. I loved it. Mustaches. Big hair. Oh, lots of just footage, like 80s news reports type footage of the, like, yeah. the boat. It was all good. Yeah, that was kind of neat. Yeah, quotes. Yeah, okay. what you got? Once again, there was a woman. My, my. I like the my, my. I know. Hey, he's talking about, like, gossip traveling around the small town. He says, traveled mouth to ear to mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> He's like, one person says something and it vocalizes out of their mouth and the audio canals in a person's eardrum process the sound <laughs> into their head. And great. then their brain transfers it to their mouth where it Like, thanks, Keith. He calls new 80s technology that they use a thingamajig for the boat. There we go. That was good. And then there was love that lives like a fugitive in a long secret tunnel of regret. <laughs> yes. That is excellent. I I kept thinking of like tunnel. I just a tunnel. I don't know. Tunnel's good. It's I good. will not have her tunnel bandied around this office willy-nilly. <laughs> Where do I have her tunnel? <laughs> bandied about this office willy-nilly. Nilly. Precious moments. The sheriff dying before oh, the case. Yeah, that was rough. The mom and the dying going to visit the headstone. Oh, it's oh too my much. god. Too much. MVP loser. I love, I really liked all the cops. Yeah, all me the too. All, The constable. They were on it. The reporter. On yep, it. The reporter so I liked too. It. I really liked the reporter in this one. Yeah. Kim, I liked. My loser would have to be Miss Japan. Yeah, Gina. Yeah. She was my loser. Yeah, I have to. Because we know why you did it, Gina. Come on. I'm glad you went on Dateline, but. Right. Yeah, I mean, it took courage, but not really because she acts like she solved the whole case. And Keith gives her credit for it. Keith says, how does it feel to, you know, solve an international manhunt? She's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. But really, I just wanted this free trip to Japan. Ugh. And I traded in all of my morals. No, you know what? He says, I've never sat down with someone who is you know, solved an international manhunt and she, he, does it feel good? And she says, it feels good that I stuck to my morals. And Come I want, on. that's when I wanted to reach into the TV because you yeah. did not, you stuck to your morals after you got a free trip to Japan and had broken up with the dude. You I, stayed with him. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. If you were in this situation, would you change the story? Yeah, would I would lie. That, would you make it oh, that for you sure. found out after Japan? 100%. Yeah, me too. So you got to give her some credit for that. She didn't lie. She was on it. Yeah, no, I would say. She was because honest. If, as long as the police aren't looking at your search history of when you did that Google search of the right. manhunt thing, right. you could easily change that, say it was after Japan. Yeah. That's what I would have done to save face. Brands unhappy being on Dateline and are now associated with murder. I don't know. I still like lakes. I'll bet you do. <laughs> I don't know if I like lakes. 
They, I don't like when it's all um, filmy and like mossy and there's gross stuff. That's every lake I know. So I don't know what lake. Yeah, you're I don't know. Maybe I don't like lakes. I don't think you do. I'm going to take you to a lake. We're going to a lake. It sounds so fun. Are there any lakes in New Orleans? We can go crime con. We can go to the lake. I don't. I there's know. lots of other water. I think there. there's other bodies of water, like yeah, gulfs. I don't think there's a lake. I don't I even know why I said gulf. that. Yes, I'm aware. Yeah. There's a gulf. I was just trying to think of a time that I could get you at a lake. You know what I like? I like a pool because. <laughs> Do you like there's a doughboy? Chlorine boy? that kills everything. Do I like what? A doughboy. I don't. Know what that is. <laughs> I don't even remember what that was from, and I think that was from the last podcast we recorded. It was from the last one. What is it though? Is it a beer? What is it? Is it a, is it a doughboy pools? Doughboy oh, pools. Oh, it's the above ground pool, right? Do, yeah. Doughboy pools. Here they are. First thing to come up. No, I think above a Pillsbury doughboy. Literally spelled D O U G H B O Y. Doughboy, like the Pillsbury doughboy. I don't know. I have never seen one. That's because Rivers- you lived in a place with a. <laughs> They're only in places where I grow up, where people have above ground pools. We had below ground pools. No shame on anyone with an above ground pool. I loved above ground pools, and I would get one today if I I had a yard. I would love to do one. I don't, I would, I've never been in one. I would love to try. They're lovely. They get really warm. Oh, I don't Because they're not as, like, deep. Oh, I see. they get warm and nice. It's like a big tub. Oh, interesting. No, I don't like that at all. That's gross. Okay. It's like floating in your own, uh your own filth. Joan Rivers Fashion Police. Yeah, all right. Let's just Now go. can we talk about it? Let's get on with this and describe to our listeners, Gina. Gina changes so much from the footage from Japan and then 10 years later. But to be she fair, doesn't she look does like the explain same to she doesn't at all. No. But she to be fair, she does explain to us that as you age, things happened to you and you look older. Because she's a scientist, so she can tell us that as you age. You look older, and it happened to her. No shame in that. But she does look like a totally different person in the 10 years since she went to Japan or whenever it was. Mm-hmm. So she has also dyed her hair greenish, purplish. What is it? Purple bluish? She has gone to one of these Instagram places where I look at people dyeing their hair all the time, and she's done layers of different colors. That she's kept her roots sort of a dark blonde, and then it's turquoise, green, purple. So it's turquoise, a little bit of green, purples, and I think there is a little bit of pink. So it it's all different layers, and it's sort of, but it's very turquoise right at her face. So it makes yeah. her eyes look very blue. So I, I understand. The problem is 90% of the B-roll, no, all of the B-roll footage that we see of Gina, she is blonde. Yeah. So there is, I don't know when they shot the B-roll, but I'm sure producers were like, when she showed up for the interview, were like, what's happening? We should have told you to not change your hair. She looks like two completely different people, even the clothing she's wearing. And all of the B-roll footage, first of all, she changes clothes 15 times. I don't know why they keep showing her in different plaid shirts. And she's want she's sort of different bodies of water, different walking, driving, doing all these things. And then in the interview... She's in this really sort of big statement necklace piece that looks like an abalone shell, and then a very low cut top. Extremely oh my God. low cut. Okay, so and her they keep boobs. sort of showing down, and I'm but like, stop keep, showing down. They keep cutting out 
and then they cut in. And then they, they cut push in. push in. Her face. Like, we shouldn't be showing her. I'm yeah. picturing, like, two producers standing by the cameraman arguing over the Zoom. Go out. Show the boobs. No, go in. Do not show the boobs. No, because it's rare it's a, that we see cleavage on So it's a Dateline. big line. It's a vertical line of That's cleavage. That's cleavage. Yeah. It's, no, but, well, like, because her boobs are so pushed. Like, they're big, and they're and the top hangs... To like at yes. almost like nipple level. No, it's not that low. But she's but wearing a top covering, like she a, has like a sweater, an a over sweater thing oh, over a it. Sweater. So it's but then just, the turquoise of the top matches the necklace, which matches the hair. It's a lot of color, and then in all of these B roll, you keep thinking you're looking at a different person because she looks completely different. I kind of think different. she went for all these crazy looks to distract from her story. So Maybe. you wouldn't go, wait, did she just admit that all she cared about was honesty, but she was willing to throw out honesty the second right. she had a boyfriend who was going to well, take her to Japan? No, she absolutely, she thought that she was just going to fool us all. Yeah, but we were listening. Her boobs did not distract us from her words and her lies. It is rare. We do not see that on Dateline. No, Dateline we don't. A no lot. And the thing is, please. she's a smart woman. Like, it's not, it's nothing about, it was just very surprising that she had this very drastic look look change in the space of who knows, a week? Yeah. From when they shot B-roll to when she goes for her actual sit-down interview. Well, yeah, that's true. I was going to say they were talking to that one cop for, like, years, but I think they were only talking to Gina for a short time. We don't know. I, I'd be actually interested in that. Maybe they were talking to Gina for longer, so... We'll see. There's these jeans that Jerry is wearing. Yeah. I was so confused. Dad jeans? Well, no, actually. I couldn't tell if they were ripped up at the thighs. And Uh then Jasmine Root on Twitter said she thought they had zippers at the thighs, which, of course, makes him instantly guilty. And I think (laughs) they were a little bit like ones that Samira Frosh's husband, Adam Frosh, would have worn. Like with the Ed Hardy top. Oh, they yeah, were the like, affliction tees. They huh. were very dark blue with I perhaps horizontal zippers at the thighs. At like I upper thighs. I missed it was them. so confusing. I'll send you a picture because I need you to weigh in. Alternative theories. Yeah. I Go for Do you have theories? No, I have a question for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how... Did her hair get in the door? I think when he opened the door and the water didn't started open rushing, that door. He says he did. I, I went back and watched it. He says okay. he opened the door. I missed it the first time because his talk, he's going over it like it's no big deal. And so like he's brushing over all these, he's so vague. But I went right. back and he specifically says I opened the door. So I think okay. that's how the water and then it went out. Do you think it's possible that he was actually smuggling like, and had a lot more money or was oh. involved in something illegal? Yeah, I do. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that until just now. That's a really good point. It's Maybe. just because it's very hard for me to admit that someone that was homeless with no identity could become so successful and I live in a crappy, tiny apartment and can't afford real soda. And I have to believe he had something more than. Nothing. It makes me so sad about myself. 
So I want to believe that he actually was smuggling like a ton of money. His money didn't get stolen. And he had a leg up. Okay. He's Or he's just way smarter than I am. I think you just need a do-over. You're all right. He gave himself a do-over. That's true. He did. He gave but literally, a he was a do-over. He met a guy. I don't think he met a guy. I don't think that mysterious stranger who gave him a place to stay and told him how to steal an identity existed. I think he, fi- I think he figured it out on his own. Yeah. Okay, let's try to rename the episode and fail spectacularly. I'm good with that. Get to the bottom of the truth. Okay. It's not that good. Okay. Okay. And then I was playing around with Romeo and Juliet, like Romeo yeah. and Jurista Ambrosiak or something. Like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> but I couldn't really get there. My one big title. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Unibrow, multiple lies. Very good. Right? Very good. Yeah. Yes. That I'm was so good. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, you definitely hand on chin. Good Thank job. You. What about you? That's all I had. Okay. So, oh, I guess I don't, don't really have that many. That's funny. I have twins! <laughs> exclamation, exclamation. Does that oh help? Oh, my God. So I have Gina failed analysis. <laughs> she was a failure analysis. So I have Gina failed analysis. She failed. Okay, okay. You're saying it like a she failed. Gina, Mm -hmm. yeah. I thought there was like a pun in there. Like Gina was supposed to rhyme with something. I'm just saying she failed analysis. Got it. And then the only title I really need for this whole thing is About a Girl. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Because really, I just kept waiting for the guy to say About. Yeah, they really had (laughs) And he did it a few times. I got real excited. And they kept saying RCMP. Which I really liked. So it kept being like, ooh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yeah, I liked I it. Like, I like the vision of them in the red jackets I on loved the that he was called a constable. Yes, I loved that too. The whole thing was charming. Yes. Loved it. Story, story so sad. Canadian police, charming. Yes. All right. Do we have Twitter? Yes. Jazz, Jasmine Root said, um, she's the one who noticed the jeans. Dueling aubergine jackets tonight between Dateline Keith and the defense attorney. Ooh. I had to Google what aubergine was. Did you? Yeah, I did. But they both are aubergine and they're like the exact same shade. And they That's like amazing. one and then the other. And they're talking to each other. And then you see over Keith's shoulder and he's talking to the guy. Exactly the same color. Wow. They both wore it well. I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. Blue Girl Detroit. I missed the first nine minutes of the episode because I kept imagining Keith as a young brawny lumberjack in those woods. Yes. Oh, yes. How good was Keith wearing flannel? He, I or am think I he just picturing plaid. him and I think he plaid wore plaid. Flannel. I think there was plaid happening. Yeah. Oh, so good. Afredo rap. Wait, so she noticed he was older when they got intimate? Did he have a funky D? This one's for you, Kimberly. That's amazing. And I wrote, excuse me, why is this for me? And she wrote, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> Because I like Old Man D. I don't. I mean, I don't have anything against it. But like. I don't know. I, I'm intrigued. I know. I do have questionable taste in all Dateline men. 100%. So. I was I was really on the fence whether or not you were going to be into to Jerry. Good and old I Jerry do like Bear. all things inappropriate. Oh, so, Jerry Bear. Jerry Bear. So uh, Sky Rules 24. Maybe one of those things that ages after your 30s is what's happening to me. Because is the curly-haired blonde woman the same rainbow-haired woman? 
<laughs> and then like a gif of someone trying to figure out like complex geometry problems, you know? Yeah. Like she looked so different. So different. So different. It's Joan Watson stylist. What I considered to be my family's lake, girl, please. Okay, so yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mention it, but um, yeah, Kim. Because who your I liked, family had a lake. Uh, no, it was not my lake. So Kim considers crusty, crusty clown lake. What Kim it? considers that lake to be her family's lake, which she says on the Dateline. Some people in did the not, nicest possible in the nicest way. way. Joan Washington stylist did not like it. Nor did Anne LaBarbera, who said, if the lake belongs to her, can I claim the Chrysler building? I can see it from my house. <laughs> so I guess, yes. Phoebe Buffet, who's Ezen E.B. Oh, you just know Jerry's book is going to be the one on Amazon that has one star. And he's angrily responding to each and every negative review. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think he cares that much. You don't think he cares? I don't know. I can't. I let's get the book. We're going to get the pay book for it. Phoebe Buffet again says, "I do not appreciate Jerry's response that these mourning parents are appalling. Can he just go to jail for that?" Yeah, that was yeah. horrible. Explain he, that. How did he say it? He said it like the fact that they are still after him and want him punished because he a, loved their daughter or whatever. Yeah, something stupid. And- just awful. What an yeah. awful thing to say. I don't think he understands what appalling means. No. Kelly D. Chipman. Uh, guessing that means Jerry couldn't maintain. Oh. <laughs> Snap. Don White Coon. Jerry sounds like a douchebag with a mouthful of marbles. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly Smith. Did Jerry have a mouthful of cotton balls? I think he has an accent. Why is everyone saying that? I think that? He, he doesn't totally move his mouth. And I think that that's why he sounded weird on the thing, too. It wasn't just the accent. But he did. Yeah, he did have, like, he does have an accent. But I think he also talked weird. Emmanuel Tyrell. <laughs> Jerry's a looker. Not. Hang on one sec. Kelly D. Chipman. Wow. Jerry's a great boyfriend. Not. Oh, Wait once more. Tammy D. Crashed in Montana, went to New York, then Dallas. Old Jerry gets around and really sounds like a stand-up kind of guy. Not. Oh, my God. What is happening? I don't know. When did that joke come back? I guess it's back. It's like hardcore back. That's all right. Okay. Not. (laughs) (laughs) Stop bringing that joke back. (laughs) Zavi. Zavi. Nene. Can Gina have one color hair in this episode? And then one more question, 99 said, I mean, she's all over the map, which you said about Jerry, but she really was all over the map. No, Jules, I figured Jerry out. We solved Jerry. We solved Jerry. Jerry's done. Yeah. Jules says, can we all just breathe a huge sigh of relief that the self-righteous Gina segment is over? Wow. Ashley Goggins, Gina is going to visit him in prison and talk about calmness and the importance of honesty. Oh <laughs> Gary Georgievich, the big takeaway from this story is that he wore crazy, weird jeans. <laughs> I really want to see these jeans. I can't wait. <laughs> um, Matt Tanton, and then the trip to the Far East went south. Keith oh. Morrison, you magnificent bastard. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. It's so good. That's wonderful. Dateline producer says, Jerry says he cried himself to sleep for months after arriving in Texas. (laughs) 
then what? Uh, Plano SLP said, Texas isn't that bad. And <laughs> Janelle said, murder can make you weepy. Wow. Yeah. Dateline producer also said, Jim and John said the woman at the store was hesitant to give them matches until they swore they weren't smoking cigarettes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was so wholesome in the 80s. It like, is. just it's as so long. Wholesome. You can help a transient man burn all of his clothes, but just don't smoke cigarettes. Don't be smoking okay? those cigarettes. Okay. Okay, MRY says he even had a slight accent that she didn't detect. And I thought that was actually really funny because he totally does have a slight accent and misperceptive Gina doesn't seem to notice that he has an accent. Valerie Scannell, I would have used that first-class telephone to call the police to meet the plane. And my last one, Barbara Teed, he sure likes to end things in planes. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> so bad. That's- truth. Both. Oh, my God. Yep. Did you just yep. do that? I did. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, boy. So that's, I think that's it for us. A couple things I wanted to say is I finally remembered that OG Veggie on Twitter created a Spotify playlist for us. And it's amazing. Oh, and I finally awesome. made it public and, like, put it on our channels. It's called Dateline. It's called Date Dateline in the Club. Awesome. Next up, Date Dateline Disco. I can't wait. <laughs> Love date, it. Date Dateline into club. Yes. So excited. Thank and you. And also, when we had originally, oh, I, it was our um, Flissner and Patreon, um, Aaliyah's birthday. And I, it was like weeks and weeks ago. And it was on one of my notes for an older episode that we never recorded. So oh. I'm carrying that over. So sorry, girl. We missed your Happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. And that's all, I think. So follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And you can check out our Patreon page and play your bingo. Don't watch alone. Watch while plucking your eyebrows. What? Watch at the top of a lake. Watch in Canada. Watch well, with a constable. Yeah. Watch with watch Gina. With because no. she obviously doesn't understand when things are right in front of her face. Or likes to ignore red flags. Watch by your fancy lake. I don't Watch think I with got your it. totally normal D. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>